Just remain standing. Let's take our Bibles and turn together to the book of Daniel, chapter 3. Thank you, worship team. Let's give our worship team a great hand. They've been here early practicing. Thank you so much. Daniel chapter 3, two verses there, and then we're going to go over to Ephesians. So we're going to kind of be back and forth, and uh, we have an outline for you if you want to follow along, and some people like to take notes. Most of the work's done for you. Just fill in the odd word, and then you have something to kind of work through in your devotions this week. If you don't have an outline, just raise your hand, and we'll make sure you receive one. Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. We're going to talk about trust this morning, and these two verses are kind of the foundation of what we're going to talk about Because here you see faith, and these three young men were told to bow down to another god, but in their heart of hearts, they only had one god. So they said, our god is able, which is faith. Now, I want you to notice the next verse which is distinct from the verse previous because it talks about trust. Verse 17. Or verse 18. But even if he does not, come on, faith that he's able. But if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods of worship, the image of gold that you have set up. I believe we're coming into a season where the church just might be persecuted a little bit. And you're going to have to have faith, but you're also going to have to grow and mature your faith so that you have trust. Because things might get different. And so hang on to that thought and turn over to Ephesians chapter 1. And because they gave me an extra few minutes to preach, I'm using two scriptures. (laughs) Okay. Ephesians 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, To God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, Ephesians 1, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will and to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves 
And in him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. And he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Before you're seated, turn to the person next to you, look them in the eye, and tell them they look absolutely fabulous this morning. Will you do that? some water. Thank you. Trust always involves the unanswered question. In our walk with God, as we said earlier, sometimes there are questions that we end up with at the end of the day or at the end of some experience. Many of us in this room, myself included, we've said... Where is God in this situation? We have said, why did God choose to do that? Some of us, thank you, some of us might even say, if I were God, (laughs) I sure wouldn't do it that way. But what we experience and what we find is that there are most of our challenges requires faith. And we would say with the three Hebrew boys to the king, our God is able. But it takes a true disciple of Jesus Christ. It takes a son. A servant can have faith, but a son or daughter develops trust. There are going to be situations, if you haven't already come through it, or maybe you're in the midst of it, or you're finding yourself that you all... See, they let me do this once more, so we're going to try and work with it. Okay. But there's going to come an experience where you have to say, but if he doesn't, I'm still going to trust him. So I'm looking for people this morning who have walked in faith, but are also at the position and willing to grow to embrace trust. Someone has said that trust is the glue of life. It is the most essential ingredient in effective communication. It's the foundational principle 
that holds all relationships. Trust is like a vase. Once it's broken, though you can fix it, the vase will never be the same again. How many have ever had trust broken? Any, anyone? Most of us in this room. So trust always involves the unanswered question. So today I want to talk to you about the person of trust, the position of trust, the personality of trust. This message is brought to you by the letter P, so you can follow along. Let's look first of all at the person of trust. Ephesians 1 and 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Here's what I want you to see, and we talk, we've been talking the, the, our first couple of Sundays together about, about identity. Paul was con- content in his name and in the will of God. Can I suggest to you, the more you're in the will of God, the more you will like yourself. Do you know, to, if you're, before you're going to love someone else, you've got to love yourself. And Paul starts off this chapter, and, and he says it so distinctly. He says clearly... Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. He was content in who he was named and he was content in the will of God. And can I suggest this morning that as you embrace the will of God, your life will become anointed and blessed and fulfilled. You won't just look at today, you'll look at the bigger picture. You won't just find yourself uh, uh, walking in, in, in making, uh, uh, of having faith, but you'll embrace wisdom as well. See, we have knowledge, we have all this knowledge, but wisdom is the right application of knowledge. And you become a follower of Jesus and you grow in him when you find yourself embracing wisdom. The Bible says, he that knows to do good, he does it not to him and his sin. God, help me to embrace wisdom. Help me to be uh, excited about your will and about your choices. Three Hebrew boys, Daniel, ripped from their homes, taken to a different country, and they found themselves given new names. Daniel 1 and 7, the chief official gave them new names. And to Daniel, the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. You see, coming back to what we talked about the last couple of Sundays, they changed their names, but they couldn't change their place. Have you found your place this morning where you say, I am excited to be in the will of God. And so when these three young men are ripped from their homes, they still kept the same place that they had when they were with mom and dad, just just young adults. But when they were put in a different country, they still kept their place in God. So when we look at the person of trust, 
We can trust our Heavenly Father. We can trust Jesus. We can trust Holy Spirit. But it begins by being excited about being in the will of God. There's some scriptures in Proverbs that says the desire of the righteous ends only in good. So when you're in a difficult place, uh, hear me this morning, continue to make right choices and it will pull you out of your situation. The desire of the righteous ends only in good. The psalmist said, the Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. So when you're in a tough season, just become blameless before God. What is it to be blameless? I have done what he's asked me to do. Watch this. And I'm willing to do whatever else he asked me to do. When you're blameless before God, I'm here to tell you today, there's a rhythm that you begin to have in your life. You see, what you've got to know is there's a soul rhythm. That's the rhythm I create. And then there's the spirit rhythm, the rhythm that he creates. So when I spend my time with God and I'm in right relationship with him, I may not feel it in my soul, but I start to feel it in my spirit. Are you walking in the Spirit? If the king changed your place, would you still find your place? Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And whoever pursues righteousness, here's one of my favorite scriptures of Proverbs, Whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. Three things everybody's looking for. Life, prosperity, and honor. So whoever pursues righteousness and love finds those things. I just want to encourage you. As he is running after you, will you run after him? See, the Bible says, if I draw nigh to him, he draws nigh to me. So he's the person of trust, the position of trust. Paul, an apostle of Christ, Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Paul was content in being, uh, being called an apostle. An apostle was just very simply a leader who would stop in and visit the pastors in different locations, kind of like a, diff, a district superintendent today, but he, he wasn't caught up in the minutia uh, of, of administration. He was there to mentor and disciple. That's what an apostle did. Not only do we need to know who we are, we need to know who we are called to be. Jesus just didn't save us 
so that we have a ticket to heaven. <laughs> I got my ticket. I'm on my way. Faith. But trust says he has called me to not only be, but also to do. And so when we find ourselves doing, our, our doing needs to flow out of our being. Watch this. God has blessed you with a spiritual gift. If you haven't already done so, go online and do a gifting, spiritual gifting test, and it will help you determine what your gift is. Every one of us have a spiritual gift. For Paul, he was called to be an apostle. But some of you have the gift of serving. Some of you have the gift of giving. Some of you have the gift of leadership. Uh, I told you a couple weeks ago, I'm from a Scottish background. Scottish culture. Do you know what's really humorous? One of the gifts that I have is the gift of giving. Why would God give the gift of giving to a Scotsman? It makes no sense. (laughs) But God... God wants to use you. It's part of our identity. Paul called to be an apostle. What? This is so much fun. Just enjoying this. What is your calling? to help you identify who you are in the body of Christ, there's something for you to do. What, what, what happens is 10% of the people do 90% of the work. Don't go quiet on me now. Come on, keep the amens coming. Don't shoot the messenger. That's a fact. But here's what I want you to see. There is fulfillment. See, what we do is we try to get somebody who has the gift of serving, who loves to make tomato sandwiches in the kitchen and serve, and we try to get them to be a leader. And they do it for three months and say, this isn't for me, and then they sit in the pew for five years and wonder why they're frustrated. Find out what your gift is. Paul, one of the greatest, like God saved him and turned him around and used him mightily. But he knew who he was. He was excited about the will of God every day. And, and you got to choose the will of God every day because when, when you, when you, if you have a soul like mine, you got to bring that soul into submission and into the will of God. But then he says, I'm an apostle. He was excited about what his calling is. And even 
when you're old, you still have a gift. Gift didn't leave you when you turned 65. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Daniel 1 and 1, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. See, they changed their name and their position, but they never lost their place. And sometimes when we stop serving and doing and and talking about others, we will lose our place. Because we just become a bump. On a log. And God is running after you to come in, help him, make disciples. Oh, this is so good. I'm really enjoying this. This is good. So we find ourselves as a church, we're looking at starting ministries. We're going to be starting our seniors' ministry, which I'm really excited about. That's going to be a really exciting time. And there are some projects that the youth want to do. It's time to kind of revive the ministries, but we need need people serving on ushering and greeting. We need somebody out in the parking lot. What's your gift? Paul called to be an apostle. Now, you're going to have to sacrifice a little bit, but I'm just here to tell you when you study the Bible, it's not always about you. What a thought. It's about others. And it's about serving and building so as we look at the fall and as we look at moving forward, as we, as we look at engaging in missions and giving to missions and, 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 and becoming a, a, an active and, and, and vibrant church, it's going to take everyone being involved. It's time to give to the vision of the house. And the vision is to make disciples and make a difference in our world and in our community. I'm excited about what God wants to do. When I, when I heard about the seniors starting up, I got excited. I haven't been a senior that long, but I got excited. Well, I guess I have, but I got excited. It, there, there's got to come some excitement in the house. The joy of the Lord is our strength. God, help me to get excited The fact that I'm called to be an apostle. I'm called to serve through the gifting that I have. When you discover your gift, you discover your comfort zone. You discover what makes your heart leap. I might be in trouble, but maybe this week, Pastor, we can get some gifting sheets and set them out for next Sunday, some people just might be brave enough to fill one out and find out what God's given. It's fun to be risky, right? It's fun to live on the edge. 
Okay, here we go. Number three. So we have the person of trust, the position of trust. Here's the meat of our message. The, oh, my goodness. The personality of trust. Here we go. Let's look at pleasure. Ephesians 1, 4 and 5. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So it's his expectation that we do his will every day. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. Watch this. There needs to be a pleasure in choosing his will. A servant is really excited about walking with God and he is always happy when God says yes. But a son and daughter is equally as excited when he says no. Have you come to God and sometimes you're asking something that you really feel that you deserve and, and, and there's, there's a no? You see, when we consider this word pleasure, pleasure in choosing his will... Paul was excited to be in the will of the Father. Can I encourage you today that when you don't understand something that you still trust? And true followers of Jesus will be as excited with the no as they are with the yes. Good place for amen right there. And see, I I have to read it again because it's so powerful and so distinct. Verse 17 of Daniel 3. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, We want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have said. I'm looking for somebody that says, I'm willing to have faith, but I want to grow my trust. (laughs) Even if he does not, that God, you will help me to keep my place. So that's the pleasure. Let's look at the panorama and, and, and... and the title of this is more. We've got to kind of broaden our perspective. Ephesians 1 and verse 9. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ. My view of trust must, I must prepare myself always for the mystery Because in my finite mind, I am not going to be able to figure everything out when it comes to the kingdom. Because it's his world 
It's his kingdom that I am a part of. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 12. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Most of us in this room have said, God, I just don't get it. This makes no sense. I'm reminded as I was preparing this message, who am I as the clay to question the pot? Who am I as the clay to say, Father, I'm sorry, I just, this really frustrates me. I want to join today with the three Hebrew boys, three young adults, that our God's able, but if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. God, help us to embrace the mystery of trust. When we don't understand, we will stay in the fruit of the Spirit, not become frustrated, not become angry, not to question so that we lose that intimacy with God. But, Father, I don't understand, but I'm releasing it to you. My view of trust must involve the mystery Then let's look at trust bringing his presence. This is where it's it's so exciting. Daniel chapter 3, and I'm almost out of time, so I'm going to close soon because I love to close. Um, Trust brings his presence. Daniel 3, look at verse 19. So the, the furnace was there. They were, if they didn't bow, they were going to be thrown into the furnace in Nebuchadnezzar was furious because they refused to bow. Uh, With Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and his attitude uh, toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual, commanded some of the uh, strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. When you come to the point of total trust, as these three men did, you will then invite the presence of God. It's hard to enjoy his presence and welcome his presence when we're frustrated and angry and questioning. I'm looking for people that say, I want the presence of God. 
I'm looking for people today who will say with me, Lord, bring your presence. I don't understand. There's a mystery here, but I'm going to trust you that when I stand before you, it's all going to be sorted out. I know you're able. But if you don't, I want your presence. One of my greatest desires as I pray each day is that there would be a fourth man in the fire. That his presence would be with you in such a way that he sees you through your day. He helps you with the challenges because his presence. How hungry are you for his presence? How thirsty are you for his presence? going to require trust. It's going to require us coming to him. Trust brings his protection. Not only his presence, but his protection. Verse 26 and 27. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Oh. Oh, the supernatural power of God. It's not found just when we have faith. It's found when we trust and we give our heart totally to God. And God says, I'm going to come and I'm going to visit you. And I'm going to bring your unsaved loved ones home. And I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to heal you and I'm going to set you free. That's what the power of God does. Trust brings his protection. (coughs) I mentioned it before. It's one thing that the hair isn't singed and the robe's not scorched, but there is no smell of fire. God does things so cool. He's amazing. So, Lord, take me from the outer court And not be happy with the inner court. Bring me into the Holy of Holies. Ephesians 1 and 9. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. According to his good pleasure. That word good means benefit. So when I choose his will, watch this, there's a benefit always for you. I like a benefit. God so wants to bless us. 
trust brings his atmosphere. Verse 28, Daniel 3, I'm just about finished. Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted him. They defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. There's a shift in the king. He was this proud, arrogant, you gotta bow to me. You know, all that yucky stuff. The presence of God changes the atmosphere. So when you're in a contaminated office or school, if you will choose to trust God and walk in his presence, you can change the atmosphere. Just saying. That's what God calls you to. Trust will change the attitude. Attitude will change the atmosphere. How are you? So I've got, I'm a Christian. <clears throat> I'm going to the office. Come in. Somebody comes along. So how you doing? Yeah. Okay. You know, that's Monday. Tuesday, how you doing? Uh, okay. I think I'll make it. You know, all those cliches of the world, all those cliches of the soul, mind, will, and emotion. Eh, uh, I, I hope I get through the day. I'm so tired. If you're tired, go to bed so you have a testimony and song the next day. He's to be the glory and the lifter of your head. Be the thermostat, not the thermometer. Oh, that was good. Let your spirit impart the love and the grace of Jesus. Purpose. Verse 29, therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who says anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces, their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. There was revival in the country because they're going to come and cut me in pieces and pull down my condo because I'm not serving God. (laughs) What a shift. Three young adults said, our God is able, but if he doesn't, I'm still going to serve him. I like this last one, promotion. Worship team, come, if you will. Verse 30. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Do you know that the Bible says promotion comes from the Lord? 
I've said it before, I'll keep saying it. Whatever you're chasing now, that's taking you away from your devotional time with the Father. If you will chase the Father, everything you're now chasing, he will bring to you. Come on, that was worth coming to church for. Chase him. Build your spirit. You see, you have a soul, mind, will, and emotion, and you have a spirit. Your soul is the battery. But the spirit is the generator. So when you feed your spirit, your spirit will feed your soul. But when you just live in your soul and you're a servant, that soul's going to run dry. But when I read the word and I pray and I follow hard after Jesus, I get up. I'm old still, but I have energy because I fed my spirit. So, what's the takeaway? When you know the person of trust and keep your position of trust, God will change you so that you see things differently, find his purpose resulting in blessing. Let me read that once more. When you know the person of trust and keep your position of trust, God will change you so that you see things differently, find his purpose resulting in blessing. I want to close with this. In one of the churches that we were interim in, there was this young couple that we got to know. Just a great, great couple. Just loved them built really good relationship with them. But they were having marriage problems. So if people are having problems, you take them to Swish LA and you eat and you talk to them. And just by way of a bit of background, she was pretty strong, energetic, leader type. He was very laid back. One of the most gracious men I've ever met. Beautiful spirit. Full of grace. But God calls men as husbands to be spiritual leaders. You can have, you can have a relaxed personality but still be a spiritual leader. And by the way, the Bible has... A name for that is called meekness, which is quiet strength. And I'm, I'm wondering what to say to this couple. And I really felt God speak to me, and I had this picture. Calling him by name. I said, God's given you an umbrella, but the umbrella isn't up. So in other words, God's equipped you to be a spiritual leader. 
And I believe she was looking for that spiritual leadership. And so everything was out of whack. And as I was thinking about our message today, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you have to get the umbrella up. Are you okay with what I'm saying? I, I don't want to make you feel bad. I just want to pull you into intimacy with God. He's given you the ability to come under his covering and feed your spirit so that you can... You see, we've got to stop thinking of who we think we are and stop listening to who God says we are. And so as we mentored this couple bit by bit, we tried to encourage him to get his umbrella up and then to encourage her with the children to get under the umbrella. See, these are all God's plans in the church, the home, the government, the job. There is authority, and unless you're under authority, you don't have authority. So God help us to say today, Father, I don't want to be outside of the umbrella, and I don't want to have an umbrella but it not be up. But help me to trust you completely and give myself totally to you. Will you stand with us this morning? You have been so attentive. I want to close in prayer and then we're going to sing a song as we leave. Can I just invite you to bow your heads with me? I want you to be honest with yourself and honest with the Lord today. You would say today, Pastor, I recognize that I have faith. But I understand that there's some growing in trust. And I have to say that there's some things that have happened lately that have caused me to question God. But I, I want to be like the three Hebrew boys. I want to say, if I don't understand, I'm still going to keep my hand in the hand of the Father. And you're here today and you've just sensed God speaking to your heart. And when Holy Spirit speaks to us, as I said, there's a benefit ready for you as you become all in. I want to remember you in the closing prayer. And you're just here today and you'd say, Pastor, will you pray for me that my trust will grow? Can I just see your hand? You just hold it up. You just be honest before the Lord. Oh, that's so beautiful. All across this place. Father, you see our hands and you see our hearts. Just keep that hand up and just say yes to the Lord. So God, we want to, we want to make sure that we position ourselves to trust you. Thank you for the faith, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. But Lord, help us to grow our faith. 
Help us to put our hand in yours, to serve you wholeheartedly, to be passionate for you, to grow our spirit so that that generator of the spirit can feed our heart, feed our soul. So, Lord, we lay everything down of question and doubt. And we put our hand in yours. And thank you for where you're going to take us. And all God's people said, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? He's worthy. Do you have a happy song for us as we go? Awesome. We're going to get to the back, shake hands with you. Bless you as you lead us.